Hello again, Ceremony Circle Podcast Soul Fam. Woohoo and hallelujah. This is the official return of Ceremony Circle. And for anyone new to the show, welcome. I am your host, shaman and author, Allison Charles. And I want to thank everyone for holding such beautiful sacred space for me in November and December as I was truly navigating and integrating many of the deepest initiations of my entire life. I was also grieving the loss from this earth plane of my dear Grammy Bernice. She was the last grandparent that I had living and we were so close my entire life. So her transition to the other realms and that completion of that layer of my lineage was felt really deeply in many ways. And I could feel many of your positive energies and support whether that was energetically or through your thoughtful reviews that you left for Ceremony Circle on Apple, the DMs, and so much more. So thank you, truly. Ah, Yes, with all of my heart, thank you. And now we are back, reunited right here for 2022. And we are starting with a cosmic bang here today as I sit with famed astrologer, and Consciousness Guide, who has been featured in Vogue, Goop, Astrology.com, and more. Her name is Danielle Page. Now, Danielle is someone who embodies and exudes very clear communication and energy, two things that you avid listeners know I love so much. Now, for real, one thing I have no time for is fogginess or anything that's not transparent. So I wanted to have Danielle on to give us some inside scoop on what 2022 has in store for us, astrologically speaking, and why body sovereignty, the light of truth, and the other main themes we're moving toward collectively will be empowering to be aware of. And because she keeps it so real, I also wanted to have her on give her the opportunity to share about her deep journey with her body image. After more than 20 years of having breast implants, she recently had them removed. And today she reveals lessons learned and life-changing insights she gained from that journey. A few of the other mystical and powerful gems we dive into are her voyage from having her master's degree in interior architecture to aligning with her true calling, reading blueprints of another kind, people's charts based on the stars above. Of course, we get into all things astrology, what it is, why world leaders have relied on it to make some of their most important decisions. And I wanted to give you an opportunity to get some insight as well. So we answered many of your listener questions that you submitted to me over on my Instagram at I am Allison Charles. And Danielle gives us a scoop on my personal astrology, including a mega, mega fascinating alignment with how Venus was operating in my chart. So I go ahead and share some of the biggest news of my life with you today. We also cover what it means to be self-taught in the land of being a spiritual leader and so much more. And the staple of Ceremony Circle podcast continues to be that we uniquely provide a complimentary healing ritual or practice for you to immerse into, if you feel called to, at the end of every episode. And today, Danielle takes us on a voyage to our hearts, where our most potent wisdom lives and we learn what it wants to share with us. I could not think of a better way to get reconnected with you 
as we officially launch the love rocket of 2022 together here on Ceremony Circle Podcast. So here we go on our voyage into the stars with astrologer Danielle Page. Here we are. Danielle is here in Austin. So happy to be here and so happy to be here with you. I know. I was excited to see. I was like, oh, she's circling back through Austin. Is she going to move here? But regardless. That's the mystery question with me. Nobody knows. My soul doesn't even know. We're just going with the flow. Still voyaging around. Still. Yeah. And so, yeah, I'm so glad we're doing this interview because I realized I don't know anything about astrology. I mean... I actually always forget even what, when people are like, what's your rising and moon? I never retain that information. So I have a lot to learn today. So thanks for being here. I was tuning in when we were just doing our little connection meditation before I hit record. And I was like, where do we want to begin? And I know this is a place that probably a lot of people start with your interview, but I loved how both of our awakening paths seem to really open up through heartbreak. And so I thought we could start there and how I didn't know that you had your like masters in architecture or something. Yes. And where you were working where and doing what before this? I have a whole other background that sometimes I forget about it as well because it feels like a different person. It's a whole different vibration. So yeah, it doesn't it feel when I think about my athletic days, it truly feels like 10 lifetimes ago. Yes. I don't even know who that Danielle was. Yeah. Yeah. And so you were an architect. Mm -hmm. And so yeah, you went through a breakup, which also sent you back to where you came from in California and similar trajectory for me, this wild awakening around a previous relationship sent me back to Indiana where I had continuous awakenings. And that was the turning point in my life. And yours was similar, right? Huge. How did you navigate that time? And was there a lot of hindsight needed? Or were you pretty in tune and present moment of like, oh, my life is changing and I'm having this spiritual awakening? Yeah, let's just say I had zero clue what was going on when I was going through it, because I came from a completely different background like you said, I have my master's in interior architecture. It was a four and a half year grad school program, super intense, building models all the time, uh, doing presentations, doing a year long thesis. And so it was a major dedication, major dedication. And honestly, halfway through, I was like, I don't really think that I want to do this. But as a tourist, I'm like, well, let me just stick it through because that's what we do as tourists. And then I'll figure it out afterwards. So then afterwards, I get a job at one of the top architecture firms in the world thinking and people would have, you know, killed to be there. And I remember being there and thinking I'm miserable. I'm doing blueprints all day long. I'm looking at urinals and hospitals, zooming in, looking at the screws, talking to the construction. I mean, it was just like, that's fine, but it wasn't my path, but I had zero clue what my path was. So like you said, the heartbreak, I then went to France with my boyfriend for my 30th birthday. And we were living together. And long story short, he broke up with me in France on my 30th birthday. Like, cannot make this up. It's going in the beginning of my book. He gave me great material. Thank you so much. All right. This is lifetime movie <laughs> yeah, worthy. This is life- yeah, absolutely. Like, cannot make this stuff up. Yeah. Got whisked away to France only to be broken up. Yes. With. And I literally look at him and I'm like, thank God we're not on our honeymoon. <laughs> 
So did he know? Did he listen at this point with all due respect and I bless everyone on their journey. We're very different consciousness. So we were never meant to be together. And just I have no connection to him anymore. Like did that connection end in that experience? Like in France, did you guys fly back on the same flight? Oh yeah, we flew back. And yeah. And then I actually called him a couple years later and said, and he had no idea what was going on, but I knew because I was going through my awakening, which we'll touch on in a minute. I said, you know, I don't want to come back and do this in another lifetime with you. So I'm going to wrap this up. And I said, thank you for the lessons. Thank you for the experience. I grew a lot. I hope you grew for me. You know, I learned a lot from you and like your family. And just thank you. Because in my head, he was so boring. I'm like, I don't want to come back with him. Absolutely not. We need to (laughs) close this karmic loop. I closed the loop. Close the loop. And he was like, what? You know, he does. He's unconscious. He doesn't get it. So bless him. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone's on different journeys. So that had to have happened. And we were not meant to be together. But at the time, I was obviously devastated. And then I moved back home to California. That's when the economy tanked. There were no design jobs. Um, 2008, 2009, literally couldn't find anything. Living with my parents, haven't lived with them since I was 18. I was now 30, crying over a breakup, totally broke. Everything's collapsing. Everything's collapsing. And I literally was like, I felt like the biggest loser ever. And But then I had, you know, you have to find grace in that. And I'm like, well... And I did. At the moment, I was like, well, thank God I had parents to go home to. So then I was finding beauty in the little things. Yeah. And those moments too, they they force you to find something that you love about yourself. Oh, yes, yes. Because when you feel like you're just a piece of crap and that like you're a loser or whatever you're being confronted with, like it makes you go to those deeper access points to be like, okay, so I feel this way, but... I know this to be true about myself and I have a beautiful heart or whatever it is. So it really is just such an alchemical time period. And so, yeah, as I'm sure a lot of the soul fam listening to this interview has experienced, you know, of course, in their own way, some similar pathways, or maybe are even at this place right now, because I know so many people are with just former identities disintegrating work paths, careers that are not in alignment, just going away. So for me, I then had my surrender moment and was like, show me what I need to do to heal myself. And I answered those instructions. So I just got on this healing quest and very devoted one. What was it like for you next? Where were you beginning to be led so that you could find this current alignment that you're in now? So it's interesting what you said, because you were conscious enough to say, show me. Okay, so I'm coming from a completely unconscious 30-year-old. It was at my Saturn return didn't know anything about energy, healing, spirituality. You know, I felt like I was very intuitive my whole life, but didn't even have a word for it, right? And I would just forget about it. I'd be like, oh yeah, I kind of sensed that, but then would forget about it. So I was completely unconscious. So my awakening had no consciousness of me saying, okay, show me. No, no, no. This was all of a sudden one day I'm sleeping, you know, I'm at my parents' house. I wake up in the middle of the night with really intense dreams. And that morning, it took me like an hour to kind of move through it. I'm like, well, that was super intense. I was crying from the dream and it was, it felt like I was in it. And I'm like, wow, you know, I've had a couple of dreams before that were intense, but not like this. And then the next day it would happen again. And I'm like, wow, these dreams are so intense, so intense. And then the next day, and then it would start showing me things. And then all of a sudden I would start seeing those things happen during the day. And so now all of a sudden I'm thinking, whoa, twilight zone. You have to understand because I'm not conscious yet. I'm unaware. You know, I'm indoctrinated into the program, this matrix of world, not even knowing that there's anything outside. Okay. So all of a sudden I'm like, 
I just saw that in my dream and that just happened, that scenario. And so I'm like, okay, I have to like sit down. Getting like, a little freaked get, out. Absolutely getting freaked out because I'm like, this is my first. So it started with that. And then oh they went balls to the wall with yeah, me. Okay. Yeah. Like I, they, I know like now, cause I have the relationship with them. It's like, they like laugh because they're like, oh, well you had to get it. Your soul wants like drama, not drama as a negative, but like, as in like pow, yeah. you know, otherwise, you know, you're not going to want to see it. So. I woke up in the middle of the night after that and I see this spirit. Okay. So I have never seen spirits. I think I had one occurrence when I was younger and I remember shutting it down because I was so scared and nothing since that. Mm -hmm. And then I wake up and I see this spirit. It almost looks like Neptune of the gods, like something you would mm -hmm. see in like a Disney movie, but not, it wasn't Disney, but like very like theatrical. And I'm literally looking at this saying, I am awake, looking at me. And I jump out of my bed and turn the lights on. Didn't sleep with the lights off for two weeks. And in that two-week period, and this is where what's really interesting, because I definitely believe in mentors and guides, and I've had a lot of teachers along the way at different times. But my true teacher was spirit. Yes. That was it. Okay, Because at this point, there was no Instagram. Instagram didn't even exist yet. This is how old school we're talking. Facebook, there was no Facebook communities for like spiritual awakening. I mean, there was nothing, you know? The only thing I thought about spirituality was probably someone that lived in Topanga, which I think is cool now. But then at the time I was like, I'm not going to some like random house with some person in Topanga, Burning you know, stuff. totally. And that's, I'm just sharing that because that's how I felt, right? Yeah. Because I was in the matrix. Now I'm like, I want to be burning stuff living in Topanga, you know? <laughs> so it was very shocking. And then in that two week process of me, like not wanting to sleep with the lights off, I was so scared. Like even driving, I kept looking behind me because then I kept seeing things all around. And I'm I also probably sensing their presence, everything. And then everything started to open up. And I actually thought I was going crazy. So I was about to tell my parents that I needed help because I was very scared until all of a sudden I had this epiphany of, wait a minute. And again, I don't like to use the word crazy because I don't want to offend anyone or, but I felt crazy, so I'm using this word. So yeah. I felt crazy. And so I said, oh, if I was going crazy, I actually wouldn't have the hindsight and the awareness that I look crazy. Because someone that has actually lost their marbles is just going to lose their marbles. It's not right. going to happen. So I said, wait a minute, because I know that this looks crazy. I said, something's going on. I'm not going crazy. And that changed everything. Mm. And then from that moment forward, spirit started training me. Is like, if you are scared, and I have chills, deep chills right now. Spirit was like, if you are scared and you go into that fear, you're going to attract that. And then they were showing me that there's nothing to be afraid of. And of course, there are realms that are dark, right? But that wasn't my path. That's not what was going on. So they showed me, if you are in fear, you're going to attract that. So just breathe through this and open up. And so they started- Find a way to trust. Totally. And they told me to meditate. And I'm like, what the hell is that? Like, I'm telling you, like I was as matrix as they come. Wow. Okay. So even meditation was a bit out there. What does that mean? Sit down and like hum? Like, I, you know, at that time, right? I had yeah, no yeah. idea. But I- Wow, you've come so far, oh, Danielle. I mean, now I'm literally like in the galactic <laughs> realm half the time. I got to get back in my body, you know? Yeah. I know it's crazy. And there's so much more coming too. That's what's wild. Yeah. So I sat down to meditate and I would just listen and I would go so deep into meditation. And now it doesn't happen like this for me, but this was the beginning of my experience without a lot of other distraction. I would have to set my alarm for like an hour because I would be so deep mm. in. And then I would open my eyes and I'm very clairvoyant. So I would see images right in front of my face. And so, I mean, 
basically Pandora's box opened full-fledged from nothing to like everything. And then it's sort of slowed down since that because I think that was just like the initial boom. Yeah. And then it's been a journey since that. It, it's been a journey of me, you know, my early 30s were very hard. The old Danielle is dying. So the old behavioral patterns, the old personas that I picked up, the old limited beliefs, the image that I created and that society told me who I should be. All had to die. All had to die. So in my uh. early 30s, when everyone's like, Sunday fun day, drinking at you know mimosas I just wanted to go out and be normal like air quotes right like everyone else now I can't even drink I can't tolerate that but but you know at the time I just wanted to and I was like no you know I'm journaling I'm taking a salt bath I'm crying I you know sometimes I went from the salt bath to my bed and like that's what I did all weekend Mm -hmm. and you know it was very hard and I definitely had moments of like universe I just want to be an accountant like just make me normal I want to go to a nine-to-five And it wasn't my path, you know, and I had to really surrender and accept that. So that's why a lot of people ask, like, how do you, you know, with everything going on in the world, like, how are you calm about it? How are you this? And I'm like, well, you don't understand my entire 30s. I'm now 43. They were massive dark nights of the soul. And obviously, there was fun in there as well. But I had to go in deep, dark places. You know, people a lot do it with ayahuasca and do ceremony and whatever works for people. It's beautiful. But I didn't have that. That wasn't my path. So I went to the deepest, darkest places, literally through spirit. Yeah. And I think that's a great place to really let us land for a moment because it was one thing. I even put it in all capital letters right here. And again, we have these similarities because I also, for I don't know how many years, like at least five, six, seven, eight years, I was deep and devoted on the shamanic path, already aware of me being a shaman before grandmother medicine called to me. Like I didn't work with any plant medicines or anything outside of my soul and my communion with great spirit and great mother earth for many, many, many years. And I wanted us, yeah, to take a moment of pause here to see what else percolates up inside of us to share with listeners because, and also my shamanic way is told to me and it moves through me directly from spirit and great mother earth. And of course, my devotion and willingness to allow my soul to be open to and to truly live by those instructions. And I know that this can be some sensitive waters here and there, because especially with shamanism, there's so many paths that one can take. Like I have a lot of colleagues and friends who have taken sacred oaths to adhere to certain lineage based paths and traditions, and that's their shamanic calling. And it is a part of their path to sit with a particular tribe or a particular elder and teacher. And it's through that person and taking those oaths that they then understand that they're shamanic practitioners or whatever they want to call it. But for me, like all of my biggest initiations, especially the first ones and coming to understand who I am, it was all directly through source and the directions of great mother earth. And that's, you know, I know you know this, but just reiterating again to any new listeners, that's where the name rock star shaman comes from. That is my shamanic way. Those are my teachers. That is who 
you know, gave me that name, that title. It is those two connection points who have led me and guided me this whole way. It's not been a human being. It's not been a person outside of myself that walks this planet that tells me who I am and tells me what I'm here to do. That is not how my path has worked. And I think it's really important for us to talk about this. So I'd love for you to share. I don't know. I know you already have, but I just, I feel like it's an important pause place here. Yeah, it's beautiful. I'm glad that you shared that as well. You know, this makes me think of, I love reading. I love learning, but Everything, if I do read in a book, I take it with a grain of salt because for me, I will never teach anything unless it comes through me. Reading and observing, oh, that's how they see it and that's a perspective. And, and again, with everything, there are a million perspectives because the universe and the quantum is abundant, right? So I like to see perspective, but I learn it doesn't feel right and it will not sit in my body unless it comes through me. Yeah. Because how do I know? Because half the stuff people write in books are just copied and pasted. I mean, to be honest, I'm just going to say this. There's a lot of words I use with astrology that I just make up because I make up my own language and like in a fun way, in a playful way to teach astrology. And then I see a lot of people sharing my work. And, and that's fine. And that, that happens as a teacher, as a leader. But it's also like I know that they don't really understand because they didn't get that download. And that doesn't mean that people can't share because we do need to share in the world. But to me, it's important if it comes through me. So like right now I'm going through another awakening and I'm being taught, I, you know, I worked a lot with my body. I went through a major health crisis in 2017, which was many, many years. And so all of this is to bring me back into my body. So I'm now learning from spirit, different codes and different frequencies to help heal the body in ways that Western medicine is a beautiful tool for emergency medicine. And I'm grateful for it, but it's not everything. So I'm learning and I'm being taught now. So I would never pop up a course right now because I'm learning. I am a student right now of the cosmic body, which is my podcast. And so I'm literally learning how to heal and I'm, I'll be teaching that eventually, but I'm in class right now. So everything that comes through, it just, it needs to come through me or I'm not ready to teach it. And I, you know, that's also because all I can speak on for me is this is a calling. This is my purpose. I didn't do this because I needed money. You know, when the economy went back, I could be working at an architecture firm. You know, I've done sales as well um, in between, you know, there's many other jobs I could get. This is my purpose. I didn't come to earth for anything else. So this is in a hundred percent an alignment with integrity with me and my soul. And what people don't see, you know, I joke a lot on Instagram and I do have a playful personality, but I also am very connected to my soul. And anyone who knows me knows I mean business. Like this is real. And I said that to you when I met you, I'll say it again, of how I can see through how real you were and how committed and devoted you were. And I, I stopped you and I said that, I'm like, you are the real deal. And I love that because you don't find a lot of people like that. And it's very important for me to be in integrity with everything I do. I will never share anything that I don't know. And there's a lot of stuff I yes. don't know. Yeah. And there's a lot of stuff that I do. So I'm only going to talk about what I know. Totally. Yeah. <laughs> and right now, by the time this interview comes out, we'll be in January, the top of January to celebrate whatever we're celebrating <laughs> anymore. I'm like, we're still what? alive. We're yeah. still <laughs> but November and December, I took both of those months off from social media and from also putting any new Ceremony Circle podcasts out because like I needed to take a fucking yes. pause. Yes. I had so many initiations. I really, because right now we're sitting at the very end of November and it's like, I don't want to say anything publicly right now. Like I'm landing with my own stuff and, 
you know, and I just really honor those currents. And thank you for what you just shared, because it reminded in me when I was, you know, two and a half years old, I reached that decision point where I needed to choose my relationship with God goddess or my relationship with my dad, you know, and in that moment to decide I want to keep my relationship with my dad. So I'm going to turn my seership and my all my spiritual and shamanic gifts down to like 5% or less because I couldn't have both simultaneously going on. But, you know, I've been reflecting back in that specific moment a lot in the past month and just like really honoring that in such a deeper way and like tuning in. I I can feel emotions because it was just such a, a powerful time in my life to make that decision. And knowing what it's like as a young being to feel like you're forced into having to make that decision And then to be so fortunate to have been reawakened, to be so fortunate to have my guides come in and to intervene and to wake me back up and to be able to unite back fully with my soul and why I'm here. I mean, like these are the biggest miracles that a human can experience. And so now some of the biggest initiations of the last month for me I've always been this way, but lately it's like I literally cannot do anything that is even a schism or one tiny little fragment of, of a yep. thread out of alignment. A hundred percent. Yep. I cannot, cannot do it. Because we're too in tune. We know because we know. And even with certain decisions that might be controversial or triggering to others, it's like I have lived and gone through what it feels like to not honor my alignment and to not honor my direct powerful connection into the divine and into source and great mother earth. And it's like, I, I will never compromise that again. And that line is the ultimate connection line. Like there's just nothing worth. There's just not, I have to trust that if I'm moving from that place and if that triggers this person or makes this person upset, I'm still, I'm a medicine woman. And so whatever medicine is in that for me, for that person, but I have to hold that line. Like it's, um, it's just so, it's so paramount right now. So anyways, that was my last little. No, it's so true. It, like we're so in tune that we can feel the subtle energy that sometimes other people can't. And so we know whether it's getting Airbnb here and it, the energy feels off, like we left two Airbnbs. We were mentioned because they were not, they were not in alignment and other people might think that's crazy. And it's like, I will not put myself in an environment also when I had to do my moon circle that wasn't nurturing and safe for me. Yeah, yeah. And it brings with living this way. And yeah, I'm able to see into the subtlest (laughs) of energies. It makes life interesting, huh? It makes it interesting. (laughs) And it also makes us have to go above and beyond because like I have to have a lot of more in-depth or difficult conversations because if someone's coming to me proposing something and I'm like, well, the easy way would be for me to just say, yes, I like this person. Okay, cool. I'll collaborate on this. But I see there are these four things at this place are out of alignment for me. So now it requires me to open up a long email that I need to take time to draft thoughtfully and compassionately, or get on the phone with this person and explain. And that's really the only option for me. And then they might have this perception that I'm difficult or making things too hard or whatever, whatever it might be. But at the end of the day, like, I can't care about that. I have no choice but to honor 
what is only in the direct alignment. A hundred percent. I, you know, I always joke and I have this gene that's called the, I don't give a fuck gene. And it doesn't mean that I don't care about people. It right. means that I'm going to honor myself so much that if it bothers you, I'm sorry, but it does not matter. Yeah. And that's it. I'm not going to be run around like a sociopath and like harm people, but I'm going to speak my truth and live my life. So, you know, I was very controversial um, all through 2020. And the only reason why I'm not now is because they delete everyone. Most of my friends have been deleted several times on Instagram. So I share that on Telegram now, but I don't care because this is my truth. And at the end of the day, right? We're the ones that wake up. Everyone should live like that. You know, there's a lot of things I don't agree with on Facebook, other people, but they're allowed to say that on their page. I'm not totally. going to yell at them for it. That's yeah. their page. If I don't like it, I, I don't follow. Yeah. And that's it. And the story, but yeah, people, not everyone can be in that frequency and that's why they get so triggered by everyone else. Right. Because it takes a lot and it took us a lot to be at a place where we trust yes. that alignment line and trust ourselves. I mean, to get in a place of complete trust with both of those places, you have to traverse a lot um, and put in a lot of hard work. And I trust my line and I trust myself and I, and I choose to not move from any place other than that. Right. And even to go back to in the beginning, what I said about like landing and where I'm moving, I don't know where I'm moving to. And spirit does not want me to know because they have a surprise waiting for me. That's all they've told me. And I have to trust that. And I've been looking for over probably two years now. And I have to, everyone's like, where are you moving? Where are you moving? And, and everyone wants answer. And I don't have an answer. Right. And so I have to let people, I don't know. And I'm, I have to be okay with that. And so I'm enjoying my life just in New Mexico, here in Austin, going to Miami tomorrow and enjoying my life, you know, but that's the thing is I trust, I know, I already know there's a house waiting for me and I already know that there's something in alignment that my soul planned ahead of time and I don't know what that is yet, but we'll find out, but that is ultimate trust. And, you know, everyone, you know, a lot of people, especially if we're still in the matrix, we need to have an answer. We need to figure it out. But why? Why can't we surrender and flow? Yeah. I still have a roof over my head. So it might not be me wanting to stay in LA for a while, but it hasn't been the time yet, right? Everyone's on a different path. Yeah. And the last little button I'll put in that, it, it reflects me to these passageways in my life where a certain energy system has run its course, like a certain way of operating, a certain archetype, a certain way of me functioning. And that way of functioning is now would be classified as like an old paradigm system that has to go. And so I thankfully have found a really adept way of trusting. I can smell it, feel it, taste it when an old way, whatever that construct is, whatever the parameter or layer is, has to go. I'm like, okay, there's some big clearing out that's happening here. Oftentimes, especially like it did for me in October, it came with like the most successive and simultaneous initiations at once. So all of that was coming up. And so I also know to trust like, okay, you want to press the eject button and pop out of earth right now. But if you can just hold this line, hold the course, keep walking through these fires, keep feeling and facing everything. There's something so mind blowing, miraculous on the other side. And right now I'm in this place where I know I have to keep leaning further than I ever knew possible into my divine feminine and learning her at the deepest levels, let myself be held by Luke in ways that are uncomfortable, that, um, you know, that can be triggering for me that, you know, are bringing up shame pieces that I didn't even know were there. And I'm like, oh, wow, that's interesting. I didn't know I was still attached to that certain narrative or whatever. And it's such a beautiful time 
And simultaneously, it's allowing him to lean deeper than ever before into his divine masculine power. And so in our sacred union, we're in this dance together and we both know what's going on. And it's just, it's really empowering. And I don't know how long this will, this, this chapter will be for me. I don't really know all that's going on. I just know that I'm supposed to be here and that my, my daily functioning is supposed to look completely different than what I'm used to. And I'm like, oh God, okay, so today I'm not supposed to brainstorm. I'm not supposed to use my head. I'm not supposed to be in my business mind. I'm supposed to sit here in the bed and do nothing. Welcome to the life of a projector, let me tell you. Oh, really? <laughs> yes. Interesting. Yeah, you're not a projector, are you? I'm a sacral generator. Generator, that's why you do a lot, yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's hard for you. Projectors were like, give me my robe, give me my coffee, and I'm just going to be in bed, yeah. Really? I basically joke I run my business from my bed. I do. Yeah, yeah no, I'm now learning this yeah. way as well. I, yeah. Yesterday, I was in my bathroom all day oh, and sitting in my bed with my 100%. laptop. 100%. I run my business with no pants. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So <laughs> good. Oh, my God. Okay, so let's weave our way into some more specifics with astrology because there is so much for us to learn. And, you know, I think it says a lot that some of the most ancient civilizations and from the time that, you know, leaderships and politics and government started to be formed, you know, these leaders would have their council of astrologers and call upon them to make like huge decisions for the world or for their country. So I know this is a loaded question. It's very big, but why is it so powerful to learn how to connect the heavenly, yeah. <laughs> you know, what's going on? Definitely a loaded question. Yeah. But if we can all kind of just like stop and look back and understand that, you know, I this is why I tell people, do I have every answer of why astrology works? No, because there's a a lot of things that we don't know. But is it also very clear of how we are energy and everything is frequency and we are connected in this matrix and this grid of everything is connected. You know, when we have eclipses, all animals feel the shift as well in the electromagnetic field, right? Everything on earth. So everything is connected and every planet is a different frequency and you can say it's not true and like we can change Saturn from being the disciplinary to spiritual but you can see that it doesn't play that role so I've just seen time and time again of how accurate astrology is and there's something called mundane astrology and that shows you the cycles of the world events and so in 2019 I came on an Instagram story and I said, wow, guys. So I started looking at the energy for 2020. And I don't know how to say this, but it's going to be a shit show. And it's really intense. And I also saw some of the transits, but I didn't want to scare them. I saw we had some of the similar stuff to 9-11 and World War One and World War Two. And so at that time, I was like, I'm not ready to tell them that because I don't want to freak them out. But I said, the universe is going to get our attention and there's going to be a lot changing. And so I even have a video of that. And so my point is that you can see the rhythm, it's a cosmic rhythm. And to assume that, oh, astrology is fake and it's BS. And sure, the thing in Cosmo magazine with the horoscopes and like, if you're a Pisces, you're going to marry like a Taurus. Like, I mean, that stuff, that's not real astrology. That's not what I do. So that does give it a bad rap. But astrology is an ancient mystical tool that's been used for centuries and centuries. And, you know, my soul has done this many, many lifetimes. And it became very apparent because when I first found it, I went home that night, studied, and I didn't stop. And then I retaught myself it by studying, you know, like 13, 14 hours a day. But 
all I had to do was remember. Mm -hmm. And then I started doing readings within two, three years. And most people really could take someone 10, 20 years, you know, in the old days. But this, my soul just remembered. I mean, I've done this. And now I've learned in the Akashic and me going in. And it's like, oh, my God, my soul is a badass. You know, Danielle's trying to figure out being on Earth. But my soul, yeah, Danielle is questionable relate to that. Yeah. yeah, but my soul is a badass motherfucker. Do you know Dialed what I'm saying? in. Yeah. I mean, this is why I came here to do this shit, you know? Yeah, yeah. And I actually, since I've been in Austin, I've been getting a lot of clarity on my soul versus my body and how I'm merging the two but it's very interesting but since Austin so that was that's interesting but anyways to go back to your question astrology is a beautiful tool to help us understand the cosmic rhythm and as above so below as within so without mm -hmm. it's all connected we are not separate from anything aho on that and so let's start with the basic thing I did do an Instagram story to let my community know you were coming on in case they had any questions and at Schnitzel Nunez asks some of these handles. I'm like, oh my gosh, so funny. A question that I was going to ask you anyways, because it's just 101, explaining like the sun, moon, and rising. And I know in order to determine that, you need to know the time you were born, the location, and obviously the date. And yeah, so I know I gave you my information. So if you could even refresh me, since I always forget what my rising and moon are, I know my son, I'm a Capricorn, my birthday is on New Year's Day. Um, but the rest I don't remember. And then just in general, if you can explain to people how that dynamic works, absolutely, why people should know all three. Yeah, so you do need your exact time. And even five minutes off can change a chart. So that's very important for people to know. Yeah, it just depends on the degrees. You know, some people five minutes off wouldn't change, but then some people it would be completely different because everyone's, the way it's calculated is very exact. So you need your exact time, um, location of birth and date. And yes, yeah, so sun, moon and rising, that's really, you know, astrology 101. It's a great question for people that are new and, you know, where to start. That's a great place. I like to use an analogy of a house and you go up to the house and you can see the front door, but you can't see in. Your front door to me is like the rising sign. And I'll go over yours in a moment. The front door is the rising sign. I can kind of get a feel for the house, right? You know, maybe it's a French door and it's really beautiful. Maybe it's painted red. You know, maybe it's good feng shui, right? Maybe it's, you know, the paint's all chipped and it's boarded up and you kind of get a feel for... Uh, inside, it's probably not taken care of, right? So the rising sign is the mask we wear to the outside world. Mm -hmm. Or you can see it's like the vehicle we drive as we move through life. So we kind of put on this costume and we look through these lenses and we move through the world like that. So if we're using the analogy of the house, the rising sign is the front door. But with the rising sign, you know, when we're at the grocery store and we're, you know, meeting people for the first time at a party, they usually see our rising sign. So that's what we present to the world. So you are a Aries rising. I'm an Aries. Yes. Yeah. One of these days, I'm going to remember this. I Aries, never would have guessed that. First of the Zodiac. So Aries is independence. First out the gate. Could be impulsive. Right. And then we got to look to see where your chart ruler is. Uh, now, see, now I'm going to get all into it and get complicated, but we'll go back to that. So yeah, you're an Aries rising. And then if we go into the house analogy and we go to the kitchen, the kitchen is the sun, right? The kitchen is usually the heart of the household where people gather, you're cooking, you're talking, you're playing, right? So the sun is how we shine our light to the world. It, it's our ego and it's also our life force, okay? So it's like who we are at the end of the day when we lay down and we go to bed, you know, what are our values? And that's our sun sign, right? So you are a Capricorn sun, Capricorn sun, and your sun sign's in the 10th house and 10th house is career. It's the ruler of Capricorn. So you have a lot of career 
um, energy that's like focus of you need to be out in the outside world. You need to be an authority figure. You need to be someone in your career that's doing something for the world. Well, yeah, that it's a strong pulse. And also, this is advanced, but I'll just say your chart ruler, which is Mars, because you're an Aries rising, is also in your 10th house conjunct, meaning touching your sun. So that's how I know that for you, it's like you are motivated, you're very self motivated, you will push yourself no matter what, like work, work, business, business, it's big. Yeah. And you're a generator. So that works too. Which is why it's just sitting in my bed, I know. my cellular being is totally like, must do yes. something. No, sit, 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 must do something. Yeah, generators are like, you're the worker bees. So yeah. Interesting. And so I'm curious, I don't know much about Aries. So what does that mean? Well, let if- me go to the moon. Okay. I don't want, yeah, I don't want to forget about the people are like, wait, about the moon <laughs> sign. And then we'll go back to your question, if that's okay. okay. Yeah. Yeah. So the moon, then if you were to go in the house and you were to go to the bedroom, that's private right? That's our moon sign. So our moon is our emotional um, our emotional frequency. It's how we respond emotionally, what we need to feel safe and nurtured. So I, you know, we put a lot of emphasis on the sun sign and it is important for sure, but your, you know, your south node, your north node, your chart ruler, your moon, these are all just as important as the sun. So at the end of the day, you need to feed and nurture your moon. If you're not doing that, you're not going to be happy. And you have a moon in Aquarius in the 11th house, which is the natural house. Wait, are you serious? I feel like this is new information. You didn't know you have a moon in Aquarius? I thought that something was Taurus for me. I'm so confused. You have um, Chiron, but that's everyone around our age. So my moon is Aquarius. Cool. Yeah. That resonates. I don't know. Yeah. And it's very much 11th house. Is It's all about humanity, um, universal brotherhood, you know, people from all walks of life coming together, building something new, like collaboration, like friendship, social circles, um, networking, like that's super important for you. Yeah, yeah, I love me some good brother and sisterhood. Yes, that you is know. so important for you. Hence the format of my book, weaving in different teachers from yes. all over the world. Cultures. And, yep, different yeah. cultures. That is, Aquarian is literally like, I don't care what color you are, what you look like. I want to connect with your soul and that's it, you know? And then let's honor our differences and let's share that. But, you know, Aquarius is just like, who are you as a soul? Yeah. yeah. And if you're embodied and in yes. integrity, then come on. Yeah. Get on in. That's also an interesting place to have the moon because the, the moon is your emotions. And what does emotions want to do? The emotions want to feel. Well, the moon in Aquarius is an air sign. So that's all up here. So that is probably for work over the lifetime uh, because you actually don't have a lot of water. You have your Venus and Uranus and Scorpio, but you don't have a lot of water. So that's really making an effort to bring it down and to move from here because it could be very cerebral. Yeah. Very, very, very. So like, how do you, when you ask a moon in Aquarius, how do you feel? It's like, well, let me tell you about this. You know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I'm like, no, no, no. How do you feel with your heart? Yeah. Yeah. I've been doing more work around that. So I'm not looping and getting too heady. I do have to be really aware of that. Okay. Okay. So this is helpful, but can you tell me a little bit more about Aries? Yes. Aries is the first of the Zodiac. So um, the whole Zodiac follows a pattern. It has a story. And so I always, when I teach my um, astrology mystery school class, we always talk about everyone's on the spaceship. There's 12 people and every person is a different sign. And so Aries comes out first, like the spaceship lands, they're on earth and they are literally like before they're landing, they're breaking open the door, they're rushing out and everyone's like, wait, 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 you're not even dressed yet. And they're like, let's go. So Aries is here about courage to be brave, to jump in, to start at first, 
the Aries is really about their instinctual, like trusting their instincts. You know, so every sign has a polarity and there's a balance. So it's Aries, Libra axis. And Libra is about the bicycle built for two. And where do you want to eat? Well, I want this, but where do you want that? Right. So they have to ask, but Aries is like, this is what I want and I'm going to go get it, you know? And I have a lot of Aries in my chart too. And that's why I've traveled the world by myself. I can start up businesses by myself. I've done all these things. Like that's easy for me because I have a lot of Aries. So that Aries energy is makes you initiate and takes action and trust your instincts. Hey, it's time for today's microdosing moment where I share about a product that's truly changed my life. Today, it's all about Lotus Way Sacred Flower Elixirs and Essences. I love the founder. She's a master flower alchemist, scours the planet for us to be able to use the world's most powerful healing flowers, blended into delicious tinctures, aura mist, bath salts, and so much more. Today, I wanna to share my new favorite. It's called Sacred Body. It's an elixir and a facial mist. And it has nine different flower remedies for rapid detox, self-healing, including yarrow for vitality, pink lotus for wisdom, crown flower to remove toxins, and so much more. When I use the Sacred Body Elixir and put the dropper full underneath my tongue, and also when I use the Sacred Body Facial Mist, I truly feel cleared of any negative energies. I feel revitalized, nourished, uplifted. I feel like I've got new healthy boundaries all around me. I truly, truly believe in Lotus Way. So when you go to their website, that's lotusway.com, you can use code MYSTIC at checkout. That is all capital letters, M-Y-S-T-I-C, code MYSTIC at checkout, and you will get yourself a Soul Fam discount. Much love, guys. Of course, I know that none of this is like steadfast and we're just like kind of playing a game of possibility here, but how do people typically perceive Aries people? Like they think what about Aries? Well, it depends. I mean, here's the thing, you know, your Venus is in the eighth house in Scorpio. So there is already a depth to you that not every Aries rising has. You have to really go to the chart, but in general, Aries can be very abrupt and be very, you know, direct. But again, you have a little bit more PC in the chart with that moon in Aquarius. It just wants, you know, for the common good of all, right? So we can't summarize it like that because everyone's different. But, you know, you still have your chart ruler, which is Mars, conjunct your sun sign in the 10th house. So I know that career and putting yourself out there is a huge, huge driving factor in your life. Hmm. Cool. I love some yeah. of this lingo. When I asked the listeners or my social media community for questions, some of them that came in, it sounds like you're talking and like- It is. It's another language. I teach my students Sorry. that. I tell them, you know, don't get frustrated because I said, if I was teaching you German, Chinese, Spanish, French, I said, after four classes, would you assume that you'd be fluent? And they say, no. I say, well, then let's not force and get upset if we don't have the language yet because you are learning a language of the stars, which is the language of your soul. Yeah, it's so fun. I would love for you to share, and I know you're doing a whole in-depth report that people can get from your website, but what can you tell us as we enter into 2022? And I was also be curious, like if you can share one thing as we were moving into 2021, like now that we're exiting out of that, looking back, was there something that was just so clear and pronounced about this past year that we experienced? And what are a couple of things in store for 2022? 
Yeah. So 2021, I did a blueprint for an astrology forecast webinar in January of 2021. And I talked about what was going to be going on. And I even reposted and talked about how there's going to be airline stuff. And we saw that with Southwest and, you know, everything. So I'm like, I, I replayed that. And I'm like, called it, right? It's just the, the stars don't lie. So you can see it. I mean, you just have to know how to read them. But the big theme for 2021 was the Saturn Uranus square. So Saturn is about restriction and discipline and the old structures. And Uranus is all about breaking through revolution, reinventing the wheel and shattering the paradigm. Okay, so those two planets, all of 2021, off and on have been at odds with each other. They're forming a square, which is 90 degrees apart. Okay. So we have the last exact square happening December 24th. And so what it's exactly what I said in January was what's going to be happening. I said, one, this is going to start waking people up in the world because there's going to be a clash of you need to do it this way. And I'm getting, I'm not going to get into all the details of it, but I will say, you know, we have certain people saying you need to do it this way. And it, this is the way it's done. And then everyone's protesting and saying, absolutely not. So you literally have people saying, I'm not going to do this anymore. And you have that at odds. So this is where people are taking to the streets. This is where people are protesting. This is where people are doing walkouts and people are saying, F off. You don't have control over me like that. So we have another square happening December 24th. So as we build to this now, we're going to see a lot more active stuff. And again, we don't see it in the media because the media hides everything. You have to go to you know Telegram, get your sources to see what's actually going on in the world. And Australia is a huge example because they are waking up because what is happening there is absolutely insane. Yeah, yeah. So what can we expect for 2022? So, you know, it's weird. I was talking to my friend about this recently, and I said 2021 was actually very easy for me to predict because there was a lot of stuff happening. And so once I know the astrology, I could be like, boom, 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 right? So it was very clear. 2022 to me is a little bit more hazy, and that is actually very indicative of the astrology as well because we do have a big Neptune transit. Neptune is about spirituality and transcendence. But the bigger things that I want to talk about right now is the north nodes are changing signs. So the north node is moving into Taurus and the south node is moving into Scorpio. And the nodal axis is basically in a nutshell, because that's like a whole class in itself, mm -hmm. is our collective destiny. The north node is where we are moving towards uh, forward as a collective and what lessons as a community, as a society, as humanity, we need to work on. So it was very clear 2020 and 2021, it went to the north node was in um, Gemini and the South Node was in Sag. And look at North Node, Gemini, you know, this whole idea of misinformation. Well, Gemini is all about misinformation and you have censorship. Social media is Gemini, right? And you have, it needs to be my way or the highway. That's very South Node in, in Sagittarius. So it's very clear. So I do think the censorship will get a little bit better. I don't think it's going to go away, but I think it'll lighten up a little bit. So now we have the frequency of North Node going in Taurus and the South Node going in Scorpio. Well, Taurus... Oh, it's Scor South is in Scorpio? Mm -hmm. Interesting. And so that... And there's a lot of themes of Scorpio in 2022. And so what it's going to be... And I just want to preface this before I say I don't want anyone to freak out. It's going to be a lot of um, metaphorical deaths. Okay. And that's what Pluto does. It kills our ego and it goes into the deepest, darkest places. I'm actually going to be going through... I mean, as an astrologer, you shouldn't say these transits are bad, but I'm going through one of the worst transits possible um, starting in 2022, and I'm definitely terrified because it's going to be like dark night after dark night. I mean, it's Pluto is opposing my moon. So, I mean, I also think that's when I'll get pregnant. 
but there's also going to be some dark stuff because it just need. That's also another spiritual awakening for me I coming. Feel I know. I'm definitely scared. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> I prepared. I'm like, my whole 30s was a dark night. <laughs> we got to rally for yeah. another round. Yeah. So this is what's interesting with the North Node going into Taurus. It is we're going to see themes about Taurus is about money. Taurus is about banking system. Taurus is about agriculture and land and food. So we're all going to see about that. And also Taurus is about values. So we're going to start going even deeper to what really matters for us. Is that, you know, getting the ranch with the family and doing things that we haven't done before. We're going to see more of that, you know, because that's what's coming. That's what Luke and I are doing. We have a company called Food Forest who's already been out. You do? To our property. I mean, it's not our company, but we have a friend who owns that company and he already came out to like survey our yard and like um, we're getting like all of these uh, plans drawn up so that even just our yard, it's not like we're on tons of acres in Texas yet. The house we were called to get at this point doesn't have that. But even with just a, a simple yard, totally, and everything's edible. And so, yeah, we are already doing our North percent node. Oh, 100%. I mean, I'm ready to get by land. I'm like, I just don't want to do it alone, you know, because I'm like, I'm not going to be on a ranch by myself. So we need community. So it is, it's about that. It's about finding your values. We are going to see shifts in money, banking, food, agriculture, and also body. So here's the other thing. Taurus is the body. And Uranus is moving through Taurus right now. And Uranus is literally like AI in the body. So body sovereignty is going to be a biggest issue. I've been actually saying this, my followers know since 2020, or even maybe 2019, I've been saying, just watch, body sovereignty is going to be a huge issue. And here we are with this. So it's going to be even more because Taurus is the body right? So how do we use our body? And the fact that Uranus is moving through Taurus right now, you know, they're trying to sell the metaverse or trying to sell just microchip yourself, you know, put this in and that's normal. Well, that is not normal. I do understand that we're in the Aquarian age. I do have, you know, respect that we're going to technologies that are going to be foreign to us and they're also going to be helping us in, in, in advancements in beautiful ways. But there's also a balance with everything because the shadow side of Aquarian energy is tyranny is, you know, is dystopian nightmare, is literal dystopian nightmare that we're walking around as robots that we have no soul anymore. So So the sovereign piece, yeah, is really tuning in, okay, for this possibility and that possibility, like, does that feel in alignment? 11, 11, okay, does that feel, you know, right for me? It's like not rushing into any of these decisions of, you know, and I understand what you're saying, like some of these technologies, it's like fascinating, like, oh, this is, but a lot of it is can be darker. And so, yeah, just really honing in and making your own sovereign choices. And the most powerful way you can do that is to really devote to whatever spiritual tools, methods, practices, so that you really get adept at trusting yourself and trusting your inner navigational system so you can really hone in with these possibilities and make a decision that is best aligned for you and your pathway and not based upon outside noise or what others are doing and pressure and all of that stuff. Absolutely. Another thing I want to add with the North Node in Taurus, I'm hearing is um, simplicity. So we are literally moving to simple, but here's the thing. At the same time, the South Node is in Scorpio. Now, what is Scorpio? Scorpio, I like to call, is when they put on their scuba gear and they dive in. So it's not surface level, like Gemini is surface level. Scorpio dives deep into the abyss. They want to get to know at the heart of who you are, right? And Scorpio is truth, but also could be like pulling out the dark, pulling out the lies, 
it's also sex. So I think there's going to be things that come up that are, you know, things of sexual nature that are dark and repressive in a society that we haven't seen. So we have to prepare for 2022 that there's going to be a lot of disclosures that are dark that are going to come up. Obviously, the media is going to do what they can to hide everything. I'm not looking at the media. I'm looking at, I don't follow the media. I follow the stars and I follow the guidance. And so there is some darkness that's going to come up because it needs to be transmuted. And that is a big theme for 2022. It's transmutation because where we are going, we cannot have this density anymore, the old paradigm. And for people that are listening that are wondering like what is going on in the world, the old paradigms are dying. We are in the middle of one of the biggest revolutions that we've had. And, you know, the reality is that it's scary for a lot of people. I hope that I can give you some hope to be like, you know, your soul signed up for this. Your soul is here to literally move through this revolution. Oh my God, can you see chills? Yeah, chills. And, you know, this is what, like, we were made for this stuff and we are changing the world right now. And this is big. And it is, it's the structures need to break and they need to crumble. So what does it look like when you're at a demolition site? We're in the middle of the demolition still. And, you know, the political system is changing. The money system is changing. We're going to see it a lot with, you know, the crypto. And I think there's going to be some disclosures coming out with crypto. Listen, I invest in it, but I don't think it's everything that we thought because everything gets infiltrated. And there's just the um, school system is going to be changing too. In a couple of years, the entire school system is going to be different. I would never put my kids in public school over my dead body. Seriously, there's no way. There, It's just indoctrination school. There's no way. Yeah. Wow. We have a lot to look forward to. Yeah. And look, you know, I also understand and I have also been confronted with some incredibly uncomfortable scenarios and conversations and situations that I never dreamed I would have been in the midst of. I mean, so I understand all the myriad of possibilities that get drudged up in these kinds of transmutation phases. However, when I reflect back to my own personal spiritual awakening and facing my own shadow for the first time, like everything gets turned upside down. And yes, it can feel terrifying and discombobulating, but it's only in those points of rites of passage that you're forced to like really connect with your own soul and start to devote to the spiritual path or whatever. And so on a, the grandest planetary collective scale, how would we expect for it to function any differently? The own planet's awakening is going to feel at times possibly terrifying, at times very dysregulating and discombobulating because the old stuff is collapsing that has to die off. So there's space for the new. And we can only make our way through the shadows through facing it and allowing it to rise and come to the surface. So I I'm not saying it's not wildly uncomfortable, but there is a divine method to all of this seeming there madness. There is, and that's a beautiful way to say it. There is a divine method. Yeah. Absolutely. So this is exciting. Do you have a tip or two for people because they're like, okay, transmutation, dark disclosures, okay. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know, I know. Is there like a practice you can recommend to like help people stay in their center during this coming year? Yeah, I mean, this is why I do my monthly moon circles to help people connect back, you know, and just any way that people can get into nature and get off your phone, yes. right? Get off the phone. Yeah. Stop seeing all the stuff that's scary, right? And connect back to your heart. Because I'm telling you, even if you don't think you're spiritual or you don't think you're connected, we are energy beings. So that's just another lie that we've been taught, you know, too much fluoride <laughs> that we've been separated from our soul. So 
all, yes, I do astrology, but my work is to help connect people back to their soul. I'm not telling them what they should decide. I don't know what your path is. Like, right. that's up to you. Yeah. I'm going to help you connect back with your soul so that you can hear your soul and then you can make decisions from there. So sit in silence, connect with your heart, come back to home to your soul. Like in my moon circle last night, we just did that. Come back home to your body, come back home to your soul. Yeah. And my work is pretty much yeah. exactly the same. It's like, I'm not here to tell anyone what next step to take, how they should live their yeah. lives, what they should do. My work is to help you remember who you are and the most divinely illuminated pathway forward and for you to trust yourself to make those steps from that place. I'm not going to tell you how to live your life. No, because no. who are we to get in the way of someone's karma? Like if someone needs to take a right path and that's the lesson that they needed to learn, then... I'm going to sit there and I'm going to allow that. And yeah. if you need me, I'm here, but I'm yeah. not going to get in the way of that. Yeah. I'm just going to hold space totally. for that. Do you boo? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Um, before we go on to listener questions, is there anything else you can tell me about? Is Was there anything fascinating you found in my chart or 2020 vibes for me personally? 2022. Either. Yes. About your your <laughs> Venus just got <laughs> eclipsed. What, I, what does that mean? So as I was looking at this, we just had an eclipse yesterday obviously we're filming right now yeah we just had an eclipse and it was at um, 27 degrees of Taurus wait it was at 27 degrees okay that's interesting yeah. yeah because my angel numbers ever since I was a little girl it's any combination of one two seven so anytime yeah like anything within one two and seven configuration is presented it's a huge just confirmation from the divine there you go 27 degrees of Taurus which happens to be opposing your Venus at 25 degrees of Scorpio. So if they're, you know, it depends on, this is where you need to see where the client is, right? If they're single. Um, so going back to, I just had an eclipse um, hit my Venus exactly, the one in June. Oh, I got huge chills. Jeez. And okay. I'll just say, I, you know, I met someone after that. We'll just leave it at that. Okay. <laughs> we'll leave it at that. Okay. And so literally a week after the eclipse, I met him. So um, I knew something was coming. Okay. So, um, but for you, since you're already in relationship, I was wondering, oh, this means there might be marriage taking it to the next level. <laughs> oh, that's so exciting. And so, <laughs> so I mean, leave it to the heavenly skies to tell us what's happening in the earthly realm. Yeah, very exciting news. By the time this comes out, I don't know if I will have said this anywhere publicly yet, but I will share now that, yeah, Luke and I... So funny, we both went to Vegas to speak at the Meet Delic conference, um, the world's premier wellness psychedelic conference, and we were both giving talks separately. And so it was a work trip, right? And I'd never been to Vegas before. And as the plane was landing in Vegas, this wild thing happened. I mean, wild, but not wild. It was not me that spoke. I can tell you the exact point in my head where the download came in. It was on this right side right here. And source sent me this download and moved into my mouth. And I turned to Luke as the plane was touching down on ground. And I said, you know, we could get married while we're here. Oh, damn. And it was just, it just streamed out of me and the plane touched down. So we're kind of like gathering up our bags to deboard. And so we didn't get into a whole conversation. I actually don't even remember if he reacted to, at all. It just came out of my mouth and we both just kept it moving. And then that night at dinner, it was just the two of us. And he looked at me and he said, sweetie, he's like, do you want to get married? 
Uh-huh. And I was like, I th- sat with it for a second. I was like, yeah, I, th- I think I do. Do you? Oh. And so this whole spontaneous Vegas, completely one trillion percent spontaneous activation happened. And in that moment, sitting in our little booth in, in at dinner at Vegas, um, he said, would you be comfortable if I reached out to so-and-so, a friend that's from Vegas? Because we're like, where do we do this? Like, I've never been here before, never thought of having a Vegas wedding. So he texted our mutual friend and said like, hey, this is happening. We're having this idea. No kidding in less than five minutes my friend is friends with a woman who owns Graceland Chapel oh of course so she <laughs> called or texted her and within five minutes we were booked for free on the we had one free day there we gave our talks on Sunday and on Monday Luke and I went to the Graceland Chapel in Vegas to get married by Elvis oh my god congratulations <laughs> thank you so that is much. your astrology your Venus got eclipsed oh my gosh you can't my, make this stuff up yeah I guess my Venus was talking to me it was and she told me what to do and <laughs> um, so, so the Venus at the house of love is Venus that, um, rules love yes rules love yeah she definitely indeed did and so yeah it's this another divine point on our me and Luke's beautiful pathway together I just love it was hilarious and really sweet because it was literally just the two of us it was the photographer was our witness you know we, there was yeah. no one else there that's, other than Elvis so special. and us it was really fun so that <laughs> oh happened oh my god that's huge I yeah. mean that's what's amazing astrology I love that we just talked about this here because astrology does not lie I mean even years ago before Sahara got Sahara Rose because I know we're both friends with her, before she got engaged, I didn't even know her. And I was doing her chart live. Uh And I said, oh, you're going to get engaged in six months. I told her that. And then she did. And even people were like, Danielle called it. So because the astrology doesn't lie. I mean, listen, I can't always see when everyone's going to get married. But sometimes it's very clear. It comes through intuitively. But yeah, your Venus got eclipsed. So (laughs) you're already in a relationship. And I know you guys aren't breaking up. So the next thing was marriage. I love that. Oh, okay. Any one last little thing for me in 2022? Yeah, I mean, since your Venus got eclipsed, there's still a six-month journey with this. So like, I think there's going to be more celebrations with that, um, more ritual with that moving in. So it's an unfolding. So I don't think you just got married and like you guys are done. There's more coming with that. Beautiful. Okay. My one random question before we get to the listener ones is, um, do people use astrology for the day people pass away? The day people die? Like, is astrology ever used for death? You could do that. You can see. I actually don't work because it's just a personal choice. I don't run it. I mean, even though I talk to dead people. But I'm like, <laughs> I just don't want to predict people's death. It's different. If they're already crossed over, I'm No, like, not predicting, but like just looking oh, at. Oh, yeah. You could absolutely see it. You know, I did pull up Kobe's chart and when that all happened. I don't think any astrologer has his exact time. So that was a little tricky. But I know that there's usually a trigger with Mars if it's like sudden like that. Uranus or Mars. Yeah. Or, you know, it just depends on the way people die. But you can, yeah, you can see some stuff for Interesting. sure. Yeah. I was just curious about yeah. that. Okay. Okay. Wait, I do have one more question. I would love for you to share. And I know this is like a little bit of a random tangent, but it seemed like just such a significant thing that you went through with your explant surgery. So I would just love whatever you feel called and compelled to share around that voyage, the clarity that you arrived to, to do that and what that journey was like for you and setting your body free again, if that's the right way of putting it. I will, um, just so everyone knows, because it's such a long story. I am going to be doing a podcast on my own podcast. I've just waited because I wanted to be in the process before I do the full podcast of how I felt because um, I've just been moving through different layers with that. So I've just waiting. I didn't want to rush. 
that. Yeah, but but special. yeah, but I'm happy to talk about it. So I did. I got a breast explant. I got my implants removed on September 3rd of 2021, and I had them in. I got them at 23. So I had them in for 20 years. So you have to understand that most of my like adult life and even into consciousness of any sort, I mean, I was unconscious at 23, but you know, moving into that um, were with me seeing my body and being in my body in a certain way. So um, it is still very new to me after 20 years of seeing my body one way to see my body um, another way. But um, long story short, and through 2017, I went through a huge health crisis um, I didn't know at the time, but you know, I found out through this journey, Lyme, Epstein-Barr mold, fungus, candida, parasites, um, heavy metals. When you have one, you have them all because your environment in your gut and your body is um, breeding that. Okay, So you, when you have Lyme, you have co-infections. And it was horrific. I was in bed for a year, you know, um, crawling on the ground, slurring my words, um, not suicidal at all, but to the point of like telling the universe, like, I can't live with like this because I'm in so much pain. So I actually had a pretty positive attitude, even though I was crying crying every day because I knew that it's, I'm connected to my soul. I knew that I was here for a purpose. And, you know, I would tell my best friend, like, I'm not going out like this. Like I didn't come to earth just to be like this. So I knew this was something I went through. So that being said, I learned that that was contracted for my journey to get me back in my body um, because I float out and I'm very connected to the galactic realms. So me being in my body has been hard. You know, I've had body image issues, um, eating disorders since I was younger and just literally being in my body. I used to tell people, you know, when I was little, I used to say I'm a really good person and a good soul, but like my body's ugly and I hate it, you know, because I felt like that wasn't me. So over time, you know, doing a lot of work, I have learned this body that I actually chose this time is very new for me. I'm very petite and I've been very much like a tall goddess, like warrior. And I chose this body to have this experience this time, you know, and yeah, it is. And it can make me cry even thinking about it. But, um, you know, there are moments when I still feel foreign because I, I know my soul, but I'm like, what, what is this? Right. Yeah. So it's I, this I, massive I, ancient soul stuffed in yes, this teeny yes, tiny little yes, body. Yeah. I'm five yeah, one. Oh, it can feel totally okay, petite five one. And it feels also very dense because I want to flow. And then sometimes like my joints get stiff and, you know, I'm like, oh my God, like this is not who I am because I, my soul is very old. I'm, you know, very advanced. Again, I'm not saying Danielle's advanced. I'm saying my soul is advanced. And so it felt very limited. So that led me to all these things. So that was contracted. So then in 2019, I got a hit that I started needed to take my implants out. And here's the thing. There is something called breast implant illness. And basically, I'm just going to sum this up and not sugarcoat. Anyone who has implants has breast implant illness. It's just a degree of what you have. Some people break out in rashes. They can't function. They have anxiety. You know, they have brain fog. They can't function or... Some people don't even know that they have it, but I'm going to tell you with all, you know, I respect everyone's choices. So this is not to shame anyone. Listen, I loved having mine in. That was a fun experience. But if you have a foreign object in your body, your immune system has to work harder to fight that off. And then your body creates capsules around it to protect it. So everyone has breast implant illness to a degree, and it could be gut problems, hormonal problems, but we all live with this and we think that's normal. So I got the hit in 2019 that I need to get my implants out, but I wasn't ready. And I was like, oh, hell no, because I wasn't ready at that consciousness to even accept myself without it. So I told them no. And I told Spirit, you got to come back and tell me when this is like my final answer, like the, when I got to get them out, I'm not ready. So in March, I think it was April or March of 2021, I get this download and it was so clear. And you know, you, I was like, oh, God damn it. Here we go. I was like, this is the last thing I want to deal with. And it was so clear. It was just like, okay. So then I made an appointment. 
I was going to be in Miami with my family. I made an appointment at a doctor there. I was like, I'll just make an appointment. And you know what? I'm not going to tell anyone. I didn't tell anyone, not even my parents. And I was like, I'm just going to go. And if I don't want to do it, I leave and nobody ever knows, right? Because that was the only way I could get myself to do this. But at that appointment, he wasn't my doctor, but he was very kind and he had a lot of compassion. And in that moment, it was very clear to me that I had to go out. So then I found my doctor who I want to share because I love her. Her name was Dr. Fang, F-E-N-G, and she's in Cleveland, Ohio, and she's a specialist in this. She will not put in implants. Those are the good doctors that won't put them in because they see what they're doing to people's bodies. And so I flew to Ohio um, to go to her. It was just a chain of events that like the spirit literally got me in because they're so booked up for years. So spirit got me in. I can't say enough amazing things about their whole staff. They treated me like I was royalty. And, you know, she's very holistic too. I went in a hyperbaric chamber afterwards. I had a lymphatic massage. I had, um, you know, ionic foot bath afterwards, lasers on my scars and all these things. So I, that journey... I got the hit that they need to come out. And here's the thing. I, they need to come out for my health because at that point, my body had so much inflammation that I couldn't even function because my body has been fighting off Lyme and all these things. And it was just, once you go past the tipping point, your body can't do it. So the inflammation that has gone down, I'm still definitely a little inflamed, but nothing near where I was. The inflammation has gone down. I probably lost, um, and I'm, you know, petite. So I've lost six pounds of inflammation, which is a lot on a petite body. Cause I knew I'm like, I eat so clean and healthy, but nothing would work. So inflammation has gone down. I did this for my health. And I did this because I was not the same girl that put him in at 23. Again, I have zero shame or everyone needs to be on their journey. So whatever anyone needs to do, it was a good run. I love the way it looked in clothes because I, you know, they weren't, mine weren't too big for me. Actually, half the people didn't even know I had them. I yeah, because they weren't too big. I was, you know, I did them very tastefully, you know? Uh, but towards the end, they were getting bigger because I was getting so inflamed that it was like my body was completely pushing them out. But I did this really to come back home to my soul and connect with a wholeness that I haven't had pretty much my entire existence. So it has been a journey. And I do want to share this one last part that's so beautiful. I was very scared that I was going to look ugly. And, you know, when you take out implants, they don't always go back to the way they look. You know, a lot of times they're deflated or they dropped or they have to, the breast tissue has to fluff up. So I did a lot of research and I was actually a little terrified, but I got to the point when I'm like, I might wake up and my boobs might be flat and not so cute. And I had to accept that. So I just went in with that, knowing that this is what needed to happen, you know, um, also, I went to a good doctor, but your breast tissue is your breast tissue. You know, they can only do so much. So I was preparing and, you know, with everything with COVID, nobody could be in the room with me. So I was like, I'm going to wake up. Usually, you know, if you think about it, you wake up from plastic surgery, like you probably look good because that's what you wanted. So you're probably happy, right? But now I'm waking up where they're removing the part of me that felt feminine. Okay. So I was preparing for three months before this that, you know, I was probably going to cry when I woke up and I was probably, I'm just going to have to deal with that. And I'm going to have to go through a process. And when I woke up from the surgery, I literally heard the first thing that came through was I heard spirit say, thank God those were out. I'm going to get chills and probably cry again. And they dropped me back in my body and I dropped in and connected and they moved a block that I didn't even know I had. Like, I'm telling you, I'm conscious and I'm connected and I, I didn't even know I had a block because you don't know what you don't know. And they moved a block and I felt more dropped in my body and more connected to my heart chakra because it's sitting on your heart chakra than I ever felt. And I started to cry and the nurse was like, are you in pain? And I said, I am a little bit, but I said, that's not why I'm crying. And it was so beautiful. 
And then ever since then, I love the way they look. I think they're super cute. She did an amazing ah. job. I did get a lift um, because I'm 43 and they were stretched out, you know, so I did get a lift. Um, but I'm going to tell you, my boobs are so cute. I show them to everyone. I, I want to see yeah, them. Yeah, I, sh- I didn't even show them before with like, you know, I had these perfect fake boobs, like, Listen, I could put on a bikini and it could look good, you know? But now that I'm like, no, this looks good because this is natural. And I'm like, oh, I was in the illusion. And, you know, my friend Shervin, I think a lot of people know him, he helped me through this. And he said, you know, Danielle, what you thought looked good, he's like, that was just an illusion. And I was like, boom. And he's right. It was an illusion of that's, I thought I had to look like this because I grew up looking at these magazines. So, this is why I'm sharing my story. No shame if someone wants to do that at all. That's your journey. But I was under the illusion that I had to look a certain way because that's just growing up, you know? And I'm like, they're actually so cute and they're natural and they're such a good shape and they're definitely small. So when I wear dresses, I'm like, oh, who am I looking at in the mirror? I mean, but I, but I give myself grace because I'm like, Danielle, it's only now two months out after 20 years. So I have more love and compassion for my body now than I ever thought possible for someone that hated her body, going through eating disorder, going through Lyme, wanting, you know, getting implants. Now I'm just like, okay, you know, sometimes I'm like, shirts don't fit. And maybe I thought it would have looked cuter with a little more cleavage, but I'm like, okay. And then I just go out and I go do my thing. Like it doesn't impact me because I love myself so much. That's the difference. Before, I wouldn't have left the house and I would have cried for 10 hours, you know? Right, right. But now I'm like, oh, okay, well, maybe it would have looked cuter in this shirt. But okay, anyways, I got stuff to do. Mm, total alchemy. <laughs> yeah. I'm so yeah. happy to hear yeah. this. I'll show you afterwards. They're super great. cute. <laughs> oh, this is so great. I'm so happy to hear because we had texted, um, you know, not long before you were going in and you hadn't shared it yet. And I shared you were nervous. Yeah, and very why. nervous. And so I'm very relieved. The flash vision I got and the flash feeling I got when we were talking about it was like, oh, exactly what you just said. I'm like, I bet they're going to look so cute. They're so cute. Wonderful. <laughs> and I was excited, but it's easy for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're like, oh, you know, so I'm so happy that you are landing within all of this. And um, I'm like a 25-year-old here now. I'm 43 who has 25-year-old boobs. Yeah. <laughs> so sweet. Thank you for sharing that medicine because I'm sure a lot will be helpful to a lot of people. Okay. So we will close with the heart opening practice or heart connection practice, but I want to get to a couple of listener questions before we close today. Uh, let's see. I'm tuning in because there were quite a few. Um, I guess in staying with the pregnancy topic, or did we even get into pregnancy? No, we didn't. So let's get into pregnancy. At Definitive Awesomes asks, what about Saturn in the fifth house in pregnancy? Now to me, I'm like, what is she even asking? Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh yeah, of course. So Saturn, okay. So the fifth house is the house of creative self-expression and also pregnancy. It's where we birth our creation. So a child and also books and tarot cards and, you know, everything, drawings and paintings. When people have Saturn natally in their fifth house, you know, if you read any astrology book, it's going to say, this person doesn't have children. That's not necessarily true. So what I have seen is oftentimes either people don't want children with Saturn in the fifth house, and that's their choice, or they have them later in life. Or I could see people I've seen, you know, I've been doing readings for 13 years, that I've seen people that have Saturn in the fifth house, and they have it during their Saturn return, because that's when Saturn comes back to the natal placement. So it just might mean that maybe it is later in life for you, either 30 or later in life, but that's your karmic contract. But beyond the children, it's also 
your karmic responsibility is to express yourself to, in the world. And that might be hard for that person with Saturn in the fifth house. But that's their karmic lesson. So I have a whole um, um, Karma Codes, Saturn and Saturn Return Astro Hack on it on my website. Okay, cool. Look that up, Definitive Awesomes. Okay, the next one, um, we'll do a couple more. At Jen Iris, how do you transmute challenging placements into power? Like Saturn, Pluto, opposite sun ascending, whatever that means. I love hearing you say all this stuff. <laughs> yeah, so um, we all have challenges in the chart. We all have um, oppositions and squares. Oppositions are 180 degrees apart, two planets. And then the squares are 90 degrees. So squares in the chart, as an astrologer, I love going to people's squares because I'm like, that's their pain point and that's their struggle. And that's also going to be their biggest accomplishment in this world. So we all have inner challenges. That's why we're here, right? So the best understanding is one, I would say get a chart reading either by me or by an astrologer that you love so that you can work this out and really go into your specific chart. But you have to understand that everything that looks hard might be, but your soul chose this for a higher octave of energy. So when I do chart readings, I teach you, this is the shadow side. So this is probably what you're stuck in. And let's just acknowledge it because it's real. And this is the higher expression. So let's actually move through life and get you to here because this is the higher expression of what your soul really wanted to do with this energy. So I don't really see anything as any aspects in the chart as bad or negative because that just means we're stuck in the shadow. So there's a higher frequency of everything. So it's really just understanding that um, what is the higher frequency? What is the universe really asking of you? What do we need to let go of? It really comes down to that. Mm, so okay. there's a possibility. Okay, cool. And let's do, what is the significance of your North Node? Did we cover that yet? Well, we talked a little bit about the North Node um, for 2022. And the North Node in your birth chart is your soul's uh, purpose. So it's one of my favorite points in the chart to see why, one of the main reasons why your soul incarnated, what your lessons are learning. And so I love it. And then we have to learn about our South Node because that's our gifts, but also where we can get stuck and do loops and patterns all the time. What was my North Node? Um, let me see. It's right here. So curious. I'm learning yes. so much today. <laughs> okay. So your South Node, oh, that's interesting. Your South Node is in Pisces in the 12th house. So you are very intuitive. Oh my God. I mean, the 12th house is intuition, Pisces in intuition and the south node so you are extremely so that did you ever struggle with any addiction yourself or any no. escapism in some form uh just that a previous horrible relationship I yeah was because um that 12th house it could be addiction escapism but also it's like you rescuing people and saving and seeing, it was seeing the best in people yeah yeah, yeah. did that for almost two decades yes. with that one yeah yeah, so. yeah because you're in that neptunian piscean of like oh you know i know that he might like go out with a gun and murder someone but like he has a really good heart and i see his soul you know yeah yeah and i also i mean he struggled with various addictions well so that's oh, in so, that field so that's that's exactly it. So you took that on as yours, yes. Even if you were doing it, that still felt normal to you because there is a lot of escapism addiction when you have Pisces in the 12th house. Yeah. So your north node is in Virgo in the 6th and it's conjunct Saturn. So actually you're all about, I love that you're a shaman because it's all about earth and it's about grounding and it's about being here. Your soul has gone off into the ethers, but you are bringing it down into the body and into the physical in this lifetime. And also you might work with like medical intuition and health. And if anything like that comes up for you in the future, it could be a possibility, but like ritual and routine is like your jam. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I've definitely yep. like and thrive in yep. that environment. 
Cool. Okay. Well, before we close, is there anything else that just wants to be spoken? I do want to say one thing about the breasts that I was talking about, like how I did say how I love mine and they're cute and they're kind of perfect and perky. But I also want to just make a disclaimer that we all are beautiful. And so there's going to be a time after I have kids that, you know, I hear this from women all the time. They're like, I had kids and they're flat and like on the, on the ground now. So that is just life. And, and so I just really want to be clear that, yes, I'm happy because I was very scared to go from something that seemingly looked so perfect, you know, in my illusion. So it was hard for me. But regardless, we're all beautiful and it doesn't matter. We don't need to have these perfect boobs because it really comes down to our soul. So I just want to make that very clear. Like I was scared, so I wanted to share my journey. But we all have different boob size. I'm going to tell you, I've never even seen so many boobs in my life because I, on my phone, has so, it literally looks like I'm into women because I have all you see is boobs everywhere because I was like, okay, I want this. I'm showing oh, this, you know, and right. I was talking to the doctor and I just had a look to see before and after. So research. I, in that journey, I was like, wow, women's boobs are so different mm-hmm. because again, all I saw was mine before, which I barely remember. And then my fake boobs for 20 years. So wow. like, I didn't really even know what boobs look like. So it, it opened my eyes to be like, we're all so beautiful and so unique. And I'm like, we all have different size. Like they're so different boobs. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, I'm just, I'm so into boobs now. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> it's amazing. It is amazing. And yeah. vaginas too. Yes. Yeah. I started seeing like pictures of all so different vaginas. I'm like, oh wow. Right. Because oh. we don't know if we just look at ours, like <laughs> yeah. we're not really knowing. And we're like, oh my God. Yeah. yeah. Little works of art. Yes. 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 <laughs> That's a perfect note to end yeah. on is talking about the art of vaginas yes, and breasts. Yes. Yes. Okay, so everyone, Danielle's going to guide us in a a brief closing practice. Obviously, if you're driving, this is not optimal, so maybe pause and come back to this later. But if you're chilling in your own sacred space or at home, then join us, and I'll let her take it away. Thank you. So I wanted to share this practice. This is something that you can do daily and multiple times throughout the day. It might sound very simple, But in that simplicity is that's where you find the magic. And I'm really going to help you come into your heart and connect back with your inner child, which is your truth. So go ahead and close your eyes. I just want you to imagine that you're walking down this beautiful path, this beautiful road. And it could be the jungle, it can be the desert, it can be the rainforest, whatever you feel that's right to you. Because this is your home, this is your soul. And as we're walking, we're going to approach this beautiful door. And when you get to this door, you don't even need to knock because this is your home. You just open the door and step inside. And as you step inside and look around, you realize you just walked over the threshold of your heart, which is your truth. This is your soul. This is your home. And so just get comfortable. See what it feels like to be in your heart. And in this space, there's no judgment. There's no worry. There's no pain. There's only love. And there's only acceptance. For right now in this moment, And so you can feel your, your body settle down, your mind settle down, and you're just dropping in. 
And you're welcoming yourself home to this place, to this moment, to this connection. And I want you to look at your heart as you would your child, if you have a son or if you have a daughter, because your heart is your soul and it's also where we store our inner child, the soul essence part of ourselves. So I want you to make this connection with your inner child and you could bring him or her in front of you. You could say hi, could give it a hug. Just pause and connect. Now I want you to ask your heart, which is your inner child. I want you to ask your heart how you feel. And with this activity, right away your mind's going to come up with a million things and just let those go. And then I want you to drop in deeper and ask your heart how she feels or how he feels. And I want you to allow whatever to come up, whatever comes up to come up without any judgment, without any story. Okay, maybe you feel sad, maybe you're scared, maybe you're happy you feel peace. Just allow that to come up. No stories, no judgment, no attachment. Let it flow through you like water. And then I want you to ask your heart, what does he or she need right now? What do you need to help you on your journey? And in this space, you're building the relationship between your heart and your soul and your body and your mind. And you're bringing everything into coherence. And I want you to thank your inner child. Thank your heart. you can go outside the door and shut the door and go back on the path. And integrate any love that came through, any knowingness of who you are. And just breathe and connect. And take a big, beautiful, deep breath in. And sigh everything out. And come back and wiggle your toes, wiggle your hands. 
And I purposely made that short on purpose because I want you to know that that's an activity that you don't need a whole hour of meditation, even though I'm a full proponent of that, that you don't need that. That could be two seconds of conscious intention of coming back into your heart, asking your heart how he or she feels and what he or she needs. And it completely shifts. And then you take action and then you support your inner child. I mean, I feel calm right now. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, it was so nice to be in the field that you create from yeah. all of your work and embodiment. It's just, yeah, you create a really stable, grounded zone to easily access into places. Thank you. Yeah. It's been my journey. I mean, that's why my podcast is called Cosmic Body. It's been a journey of coming back in my body and feeling at home and, yeah, I have cancer mood. I'm a mama bear. <laughs> Make sure people are safe. <laughs> uh, yeah, I really yeah. felt that. That's nice. Oh, thank you. So much great stuff. We didn't get to talk about aliens today, oh. but you know, maybe next time there is other things on here, but I really feel such an electrifying, powerful conversation. So I'm so glad this came into alignment. And yeah, to everyone who joined us, thank you for sitting in this beautiful divine ceremony circle today and co-creating with us. It takes all of us, all of our energies weaving together in this beautiful tapestry. And yeah, let us um, be open to the wondrous possibilities that this year and all of its incredible divine medicine that it has in store for us Um you know, I guess the only thing I will say is it helps a lot to recognize if you're in resistance and to just keep doing what you can to allow the path to reveal, to teach, to inform, and just keep keep trusting um, no matter what is entering in. <clears throat> so, yeah, for whatever that's worth, we'll wrap it up with that. Any last words for you? Just thank you for having me here. Thank you for connecting. And um, everything just comes back to connecting with your heart because then we can find all the answers we need. That's it. Just connect with your heart. So powerful there. All right, guys. We'll sit with you next time. Woo! What a powerful voyage that was. It is just my greatest honor. It brings me so much joy and activates and lights up my soul to be able to sit with these incredible embodied true spiritual masters and leaders from all over the world. I ask that you please, if you feel called, continue to support them and their work in whatever way that feels aligned for you. Please go to my website where all the show notes are listed www.alisoncharles.com that's www.alisoncharles.com so that you can access their direct links to their website and social media platforms and additional information about them and remember what makes ceremony circles so unique is that at the end of every single episode as you just experienced we immerse in a powerful ceremony ritual invocation prayer spiritual song some sort of activation that the guest feels called to offer on that day so listen to your intuition if at any point Moving forward, you feel called to come back and re-immerse in this guided ceremonial experience, do so. Because I guarantee every single time you experience it, 
you will receive a new medicine transmission, a new awareness, a new awakening aspect within your soul. It has been an honor voyaging with you. Please keep the Ceremony Circle community vibes growing and activating. Find me on Instagram at I am Allison Charles. And let me know how you enjoyed this episode. Let me know how you are creating your own sacred Ceremony Circle space. Tag those in your soul fam who are immersing in the Ceremony Circle episodes and experiences with you. And let's unite in the next episode coming out next week so we can continue to activate the consciousness energies of planet Earth and the universes. This podcast is for information and entertainment purposes only, and my intention is not to provide medical advice or diagnosis. You should always consult a health professional before making drastic changes to your diet or lifestyle.